Amen. I, uh, that's the fourth time I've watched uh, that video, and uh, I've cried at every one of them, I think. I just love the stories of what God is doing in this place. Amen? And uh, I'm just so thankful that God is, is continuing to just change lives each and every day. I love Dave and Krista's story. Uh, they have been with us since almost the beginning of, of uh, us planning Cross Point Church, and, and I just never get tired of hearing what God is doing in the lives of, of people. Amen? Can we just thank Jesus this morning for the way he moves in the lives of so many people? It's just truly so incredible to me. Um, if you're visiting with us today, we're glad that you're here, that you're our guest. We are thankful that you've chose to be here with us today and, and uh, looking forward to diving into the message this morning as we continue in our series where we are looking at uh, six steps of, to finding peace and we're talking about really what it means to simplify our lives and to focus really on that which is most important, which is Jesus Christ. And, and so we've been kind of walking through that. We're halfway through uh, starting today. Uh, we're on the back half of that uh, with three more to go. And uh, I don't know if you realize it or not, but we are just seven weeks away from being in our new and permanent home. Can you believe that? Amen. So just real excited about just uh, wrapping it. And I, I'm just, I suppose that over the next seven weeks, it's going to really just uh, kind of move very rapidly. I, I do want to say this before I pray and we dive into God's Word here this morning, and it's this, that, you know, this Wednesday is our last DPK Live in this building. It just really, the rubber hits the road when you start thinking about that. DPK Live is our, our monthly children's gathering here at Cross Point, and, and this Wednesday we have uh, a couple of special surprises to sort of bring to you and talk about uh, at this uh, week's DPK Live, but I want to encourage you to be here for the very last one that will happen in this building. And then also, just to, to remind you that this coming Saturday, we are going to have Project Landscaping, okay, at the new uh, property. Uh, the building will be open, so you can go in there and take a look, and, but we're going we're gonna to gather people together. We want to invite everyone to come out. It won't take us long if a if a lot of people show up, we're going to start at 8.30 in the morning on Saturday and hopefully be done by, by noon. But uh, it's going to be a great time for our church to come out and just uh, plant a plant or a tree or whatever it is that you feel led to plant or multiple trees or, or whatever it is. But it's going to be a great day for us. Uh, I think it'll be a day that we're able to look back one day when our children are a little older and say, hey, do you remember when we planted that tree? I think it's going to be a really cool thing. Hopefully the grass is going to be out. I think it will be by the time that day rolls around. And, and uh, so it's just going to be an exciting day for us. We're going to have a sort of a dedication of the grounds uh, Saturday after it's all done and, and just uh, give it all to, to Jesus because he's the one that's responsible for that. So I hope you'll join us this Saturday at 8.30. Let me pray for us. Then we're going to dive into God's word. And, and uh, God's got a, just an incredible message for us. Always, anytime you look into God's word, he has a, an amazing message for us if we're willing to hear. Amen? So let's pray, and then we'll dive into his truth. Father, we thank you for this day, and we thank you, God, for your presence in this place and in our life, and God, how you continue to move in such incredible ways. And Lord, we're thankful for the stories that we are able to, to hear and to tell in this place. God, as we, as we think about all the incredible things that you have, have done in our life, and God, we're thankful for every great gift that you bestow on us, the gift of salvation, the gift of sanctification, God, the gift of your presence, the gift of your power. 
And so, Father, as we think about everything that you're doing in this place, God, we can only come to you and say, to God be the glory. Because, God, this isn't about anything that we are accomplishing here in this place and in this, this community and in this world. But, God, it's all about what you're leading and guiding us to do through your power and your strength. And so, Father, we are thankful. Lord, I pray that as we dive into your word this morning, God, that you would open up our hearts and our minds, that we would be very receptive to your voice this morning as we read uh, your word. And God, we just love you and praise you for what you're going to do here today. Lord, it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Go ahead and grab your Bibles and turn to Luke chapter 10. Luke chapter 10. We're going to dive into the gospel of Luke this morning. And uh, we're going to be looking at a passage here today that is very familiar to a lot of us here today. I'm sure that you're going to find this passage very familiar. Uh, many of you have probably heard this, this passage preached before or maybe even several times in, in your lifetime. But we're going to dive into it because this story, despite its familiarity, is still very profound to consider as we think about all that God has, has called us to, and especially as we think about really what it means to have peace in Christ Jesus. This morning, we're going to be talking about what it means to be devoted to Christ Jesus, to, to be devoted to Christ Jesus, to be a person of, of deep devotion. And what we're going to also see is that when we are devoted to Christ Jesus, that that devotion that we have for our Savior, it contributes to the peace in our life. And so as we think about what it means to be devoted to Jesus, what we also see is that when we find ourselves devoted to Christ Jesus, that we will have more peace in our life. And this, this passage that we're going to be looking at today is one that clearly reveals this to us as followers of Christ Jesus. So let's, let's go ahead and turn here to Luke chapter 10, verses 38 through 40, and the message is titled, Discovering Devotion, discovering devotion. Now, let me set this up for us as we prepare to dive in here. You know, one of the things that we recognize in this passage is that Jesus is in the prime of his ministry. Uh, Jesus is, is, is sort of touring the land with his disciples. And one of the things that we notice about Jesus is he is performing miracles and he is healing. And there's just a lot that is happening all around Jesus. And the scriptures tell us that the crowds were drawn to Jesus, that the crowds, they came from afar many times, and they were sort of gathering around Jesus. And what we see is that people begin to be really enthralled with Jesus. And, and Jesus was very compelling to them. It was one of these things, as, as we look into the, the ministry of Jesus, we see that they were captivated by Jesus. And many of the people, it says in the scriptures, they stood in awe over his ability, over his power, and over his authority. And, and so they were just sort of just enthralled. They, were just, they just couldn't believe. They stood in awe of who Jesus was. And, and so in this passage that we're looking at today, Jesus has just now entered into a town called Bethany. And this is the home of two sisters named Martha and Mary. And so they, he's just entered into their home. He's traveling with his disciples. And Martha has invited Jesus into her home. And so she's invited him in, he and his disciples, and so they're gathering in this place. And I can only imagine that it probably resembles what we have today as a life group. So that's what's sort of happening today. It's sort of a small group sort of setting that's taking place. And here's where we pick up the story this morning, starting with verse 38, as we read in Luke chapter 10. Read with me if you will. 
It says in verse 38, now as they went on their way, Jesus, he entered a village and a woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to his teaching. But Martha was distracted with much serving. And she went up to him and she said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Tell her then to help me. But the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha, you are anxious and troubled about many things, but one thing is necessary. Mary has chosen the good portion, which will not be taken away from her. Now, you know, as I look at this story, and if you're anything like me, most of us in this room would probably more relate to Martha than we do Mary. Honestly, I mean, if we're, if we're really honest with ourselves, you know, almost every single day I am talking to different people who say, Pastor David, I'm just so overwhelmed with life. I mean, I got so much going on with the kids and getting them to school and getting them to all the extracurricular activities and, and I'm just pulling my hair out. Sometimes it just, life just seems overwhelming. And so the, a lot of times in the conversations that I have on a, on a weekly basis are not conversations of, of anyone sitting at the feet of Jesus necessarily. It's more just being stressed out about life and we get to this place where we just seem so so overwhelmed and so busy and oftentimes in the conversations I have as I'm having conversations with different ones I, I, I ask them you know spending time with Jesus are you spending time in prayer are you spending time in God's word and all too often the answer I get is well I just don't have time that's Martha not Mary as we're going to see in this passage today now I think it's important that we understand that that Martha's not a bad person. Martha's not a bad person. In fact, she definitely has the gift of servanthood or maybe the gift of hospitality. She's invited Jesus into her home, and I believe that she's probably very good at serving. I mean, she's very actively getting ready for how she can best serve Jesus. And what we all know is that really a reality of our life as followers of Christ is to serve Christ. And so we, we, we look at this story, and I want us to be very clear that Martha's not the bad guy and Mary the good guy here. Martha is very much one who has a heart for Jesus so much that she is wanting to serve him and to please him and to invite him into her home and to just do whatever she can to make his visit a good one. So her heart's in the right place. The only problem is, according to Scripture, is that she becomes distracted with that which she really loves anyway. She loves serving Jesus. She loves the fact that Jesus has come into her home. But the Scriptures are very clear that she became distracted with all the serving and everything. I could only imagine that as Martha is in there getting ready, she begins to look in there and she sees her sister sitting at the feet of Jesus. And maybe there's some jealousy that sort of springs up. Maybe there's, maybe there's sort of envy like, man, I wish I had time to spend at Jesus' feet or whatever. But she's at this place where the scriptures tell us that really everything was going well until she gets to a place where she becomes distracted in her serving. And then one of the most pivotal parts of our entire story is that she comes to Jesus and she calls to Jesus and she says, Jesus, Jesus, will you tell her to help me? 
She says, Jesus, will you, out of this frustration and this lack of joy in her life, she comes to Jesus and she basically says, hey, Jesus, what about me? What about me? I mean, I, I'm looking over here and my sister, she's just enjoying your presence, but, but look at what I'm doing over here and I'm trying to get things ready and, and she's just sitting there. You know, it is in Martha's positioning that it really reveals the heart of every human being outside of the gospel right here. Martha's story is very revealing of where we can get as believers in Christ Jesus, even servants of Christ Jesus, when we become distracted by those things which really are less important than Jesus himself. And this is what we see happening it is this attitude of what about me that really makes us so miserable, that brings frustration into our lives, that gets us to take our eyes off the author and the perfecter of our faith, and it begins to shift our focus onto ourselves rather than the King of kings and the Lord of lords, and we begin to lose focus of really what is important in life. This is what's taking place. You know, one of the greatest ironies in Scripture is when Jesus says anyone who wants to gain his life should lose it, and anyone who actually loses his life for my sake will find it. This is really very ironic if you think about it. But here we have the story of two sisters where Martha, on one hand, has sort of begin to shift her focus on herself and the busyness of the activities in which she is involved while we have Mary over here sitting at the feet of Jesus and no doubt finding peace, but also learning and growing and maturing and being sanctified and just standing still and listening in the presence of Jesus. In the presence of Jesus. And so here we have this story of Martha and Mary. Mary is the one whom we learn that devotion to Christ brings peace. That devotion to Christ contributes to whether or not we have peace in our life or not. Look at this with me starting in verse 39. It says, she, and she had a sister, talking about Martha, she had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to his teaching. But Martha was distracted with much serving, and she went up to him and she said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve all alone? Tell her then to help me. But the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha, you are anxious and troubled about many things. These aren't my words. I'm not saying that Martha was lacking peace. Jesus is. Jesus is saying about her that she is experiencing the very opposite of peace in her life. There is anxiety, there is despair, there is troubledness. This is where she finds herself. And so Jesus brings up this point that there is peace lacking in her life. And he says this, he says, you're anxious and you're troubled about many things, but one thing is, and I love this, one thing is necessary that Mary has chosen the good portion which will not be taken away from her. What he's just done is he's just contrasted anxiety and worry and troubledness with something else. 
If we look at the very opposite of what anxious is, it's, it's peace. And so here, Jesus is revealing what really is an issue that many people, even today, often struggle with. This living life to the point we become so overwhelmed that we wake up in the morning lacking peace altogether, instead worrying about what the day will bring. Real quickly, I want to share a, a few things with you that can happen when we sit at Jesus' feet. A few things that can happen when we sit at the feet of Jesus. Number one, the weight of the world can grow amazingly light. The weight of the world can grow amazingly light. I said earlier that so often the conversations that I have are, are ones where as I'm talking to different people throughout the week, it's one of just sort of being overburdened with life. I hear things like, man, I'm about to pull my hair out, or I have lost all my hair because of everything that's happening in my life. We feel the weight of the world, uh, just as people, as parents, as, as students, as, as whatever, we find ourselves oftentimes going through life experiencing such a burden for the responsibility we have to raise our children or to go to work and be a good employee or to do whatever it is that we are doing, we oftentimes wake up in the morning and we dread the day because all the day brings is a weight that is applied on our shoulders. But when we sit at the feet of Jesus, as we see in the story with Mary and Martha, as we look into Mary's life, what we see is that sitting at the feet of Jesus lifts that weight up off of our shoulders. Uh, we, we, we see this all throughout Scripture. I, I know that, uh, that, that, that Spence had read earlier from Matthew 11. I want to go there this morning for just a moment. But in Matthew 11, verses 28 through 30, we read these words where Jesus says to his disciples, he says, come to me. Now, these are important words. If you got your Bible, go ahead and underline them or highlight them this morning. But he says to us, come to me. He says, come to me. Who? All who labor and are heavy laden. All those who are burdened with life. He invites us to come to Him. Jesus wants us to come to Him. He wants us to look at Him as truly the author and the perfecter of our faith. And that our desire would be to take our burdens to Him. So He says to us, come to me, all who labor and are heavy burdened. And He says this, I will give you Rest. Let me ask you something this morning, Cross Point Church. How many of you need a little rest in your life these days? You need a little rest in your life. Well, let me say this. This morning in our time of worship and the songs that we were singing, we were literally singing about the faithfulness of God. You know what the faithfulness of God is? It really is the reality that He is one who keeps His promises, okay? He keeps His promises. Now, put that in the context of what Jesus is saying when He invites us to come to Him and to place our burdens upon Him. Him to lay them at the feet of Jesus, and what is the promise that is being made? We read this, where he says, I will give you rest. Why is it 
that we refuse to lay down our burdens at the feet of Jesus and instead carry them with us every single day. Let me just say this, and I'll just be real transparent with you. I do the same thing. This isn't me preaching to you. This is me preaching the Word of God for us. This happens in our life where we wake up in the morning and we, instead of spending some time with Jesus, you say, well, David, I got to get the kids to school. I got to go to work. I got to, well, get up earlier. But spend time with God to where you can lay your burdens upon Him. You can lay them at the feet of Jesus because it's at the feet of Jesus that we find rest. And He has invited us to come to Him. Why is it that we continue to live our lives each and every day without finding rest in Christ Jesus? He says, take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden, here it is, is what? Heavy. No, it's light. It's light. So the first thing that we're looking at here is that the weight of the world, when we carry our burdens to Jesus, the weight of the world can grow amazingly light. Will your problems go away? Probably not. Probably not. Suffering is one of the things that defines us as believers. I mean, we're, we're all called in, in some way to suffer for the gospel. But the reality is, is that he can make that suffering lighter. He can lift those burdens to where they're not so heavy. It's not that we're not carrying the burden. It's just that the burden is light. And this is what Jesus can do for us. If we look into the life of Mary, this is exactly what she's doing. She's going to Jesus. It says here, come to me. Mary goes to her. He sits at the feet of Christ. And it sa he says here in Matthew 11, and learn from me. We look at what she did. She was listening to the words of Jesus. She was laying it all at his feet. And that's why when Martha comes to Jesus and says, can't you help me with this over here? I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm dying. I'm I'm sort of overwhelmed and anxious and all this. And, and Jesus looks at Martha and says, that's not what's so important. Mary's figured out what's important. So the weight of the world can grow amazingly light. Chuck Swindoll says this, in place of our exhaustion and spiritual fatigue, God will give us rest. All he asks is that we come to him, that we spend a while thinking of him, meditating on him, talking to him, listening in silence, occupying ourselves with him, totally and thoroughly lost in the hiding place of his presence. When was the last time you experienced God's presence in your life? Where you knew that the presence of God was right there with you? When was the last time you got in that quiet place and you just listened silently for God to speak into your life? Jesus invites you, come to me. Number two, our priorities begin to change when we sit at the feet of Jesus. When we come and we sit at the feet of Jesus, our priorities begin to change. You see, there's something that just happens when we spend time with Jesus that a lot of the things that we may deem as important in our life are suddenly no longer that important because we find that spending time 
at the foot of the cross, we find that spending time with Jesus is so meaningful, it's so rich, it's so full, it's so fulfilling. And we find that this time with Jesus begins to, to change the way we see things and it begins to change our priorities. For Mary, her priority in this story was Jesus. Nothing else. In fact, I don't know that Mary was even thinking about dinner, which is maybe what Martha was preparing in the kitchen. I don't know. But Mary wasn't hungry for physical food. She wanted to just give herself to Jesus. She was sitting at his feet. She was listening to his teachings. She wanted to absorb everything that he had to offer. She was devoted to Jesus. The priority in her life was Jesus alone. I don't suppose for a moment that Mary was lazy. I don't suppose for a moment that she didn't have duties to carry out through, through the week as she just lived her life. I mean, life was hard back then. It wasn't the same as we have today. I just suppose she saw the opportunity to be with the one who was most important in her life. She was devoted to Christ and she wanted to get all she could while he was there. Our priorities begin to change. And, and Luke Jesus speaking to his disciples, he warns them about worrying, about being anxious about the day. And he says this, he says, starting in Luke 12, verse 24, he says, Consider the ravens, they neither sow nor reap, they have neither storehouse nor barn, and yet God feeds them. Oh, how much more valuable, uh, uh, much more value are you than the birds? And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to his span of life? If then you are not able to do as small a thing as that, then why are you anxious about the rest? And then we, we skip on down to verse 31 where he sort of finishes up this text and he says, instead, seek his kingdom and these things would be added to you. The kingdom of God and the king himself being our number one priority in life. You need peace instead of anxiety. You need peace instead of fear. You need peace instead of uncertainty. Shift your priorities over to Jesus. Discover Him and what He has to offer to us. At the feet of Jesus, devotion to Jesus is the priority. Number three. This is one I want to sort of dive into a little bit. I don't have a lot of time, but our souls will be fed and our hearts restored when we sit at the feet of Jesus. Our souls will be fed and our hearts restored when we sit at the feet of Jesus. Martha was worried about physical food. She was worried about, you know, making sure the table was set, making sure the house was clean, making sure everything was good. She was worried about those physical things while Mary was more focused on the spiritual food that Jesus came to offer. And so we look in this passage and we begin to see this, that, that Martha had a sister called Mary who sat at the feet of Jesus and listened to his teaching, and Jesus said to Martha when she complained about it that Mary had chosen the good portion. Here we have this lady who cares nothing really about the physical, not in that moment, because she has this opportunity to sit at the feet of Jesus. 
You know, I was thinking about other examples that we find in Scripture where people, you know, are not so focused on, on the physical, but they're focused more on the spiritual. And I came across this passage in Job that really just changed my life. I mean, it just it really just radically just, just impacted my life. But you, you remember Job, the story of Job. Here's a man who was no doubt his life was defined by suffering. Here's a guy who, who went through a, a really troubled life, and he really struggled through all of that. I'm not, I don't have time to really revisit the whole entire story of Job, but here was a man who was certainly a, had a life filled with pain and suffering and, and, and then we see these words from Job 23, verse 12, where he says, I have not departed from the commandment of his lips. In other words, the word of God. I have not, com- I have not departed from his commandment, talking about the Lord's commandments. I have treasured the words of his mouth, look at this, more than the portion of my food. Here's a man who says, you know what, I would rather dwell in the presence of God and receive all the spiritual he has to offer because it's there that I find fulfillment rather than worry about what I'm going to eat today. Are we resting at the feet of Jesus? I mean, we've all but all acknowledged here today that we need rest in this world that is so overwhelming? Are we resting at the feet of Jesus, listening to His voice, listening to the Word of God as He speaks into our hearts and He feeds our souls and He restores our hearts to a place where we can truly find the peace that surpasses all understanding? Or are we distracted? Like Martha. Jesus' teachings were always about the spiritual taking precedence over the physical. Every time you, you read a story, Jesus is always focusing on the spiritual food being more important than the physical food. You know, really dwelling on the Word of God and, and, and understanding God's will for your life. In John chapter 4, verse 14, he says this, Whoever drinks the water that I give him will never be thirsty again. The water that I will give will become in him a spring of water welling up to eternal life. Jesus says, you drink the water that just comes out of the well, you're going to be thirsty in about an hour. But the water that I have, the living water that I have to offer, with it will spring forth wells of water, wells of water of eternal life. In John 7, 37 and 38, he says, if anyone thirsts, let him come to me. You see that? Let him come to me. If you are thirsty, if you are hungry, then come to Jesus. He says, if anyone is thirsty, let him come to me. The same words that we see in Matthew 11, come to me if you are burdened. Come to Jesus if you are burdened. He says here in John 7, 37, if anyone, come, anyone is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. Mary valued the spiritual over the physical. Mary saw the importance of receiving that from Jesus, which no one else on this planet could offer her.
She was seeking the voice of God. This is a very powerful passage when we dig into this. And the question that I want to sort of wrap up with this morning is this. Will your life, will your life, will your life be marked by distraction or devotion? What is characteristic of your life? Distraction or devotion? Martha or Mary? To this day, to this very day, Martha's life is marked by distraction. We read the story of Martha, she was distracted. But to this day and forevermore, Mary's life is marked with devotion. Devotion to God. You know, as I wrote that question down, it was really challenging for me. I don't want to be marked by distraction. I don't want my life to be one that everybody looks at. He was a pretty good guy, but... Man, he was just so unfocused. I don't know about you, but I'd rather my life be marked with devotion to Christ Jesus. 1 Peter 2.15 says, Like newborn infants, long for the pure spiritual milk that by it you may grow up into salvation. Let us long for the Word of God in our life. Let us long for the presence of God in our life. Let our lives not be marked by distraction, but let our lives be marked by devotion to God. Will your life be marked by distraction or devotion? You know, in the Gospels, they all tell of another time when when Mary was found at the feet of Jesus. There's a story in the Gospels where Mary, the same Mary that was sitting at the feet of Jesus and listening to every word that He spoke, who had chosen the good portion, we see in the, other, in the Gospels where, where Mary comes again to Jesus right before He's going to go to the cross. And it says that she took some very expensive perfume and she began to pour it on Jesus' feet. Now as you can imagine, a lot of people were sort of taken back by that. And she poured this perfume, this expensive perfume on Jesus' feet, anointing Him. And, and what He would go on to confess is preparation for burial. And then she took her hair, her hair, and she began to dry the Savior's feet. She began to dry Jesus' feet. Pure love and faith for Christ Jesus. Pure devotion for Jesus. A woman who was truly devoted to Jesus. The disciples, they look at Mary and they're like, what is she doing? My goodness, what is she doing? I mean, she's pouring all this expensive stuff on his feet. I mean, we could have sold that and given the money to the poor. I mean, what is going through her mind? You know, it's funny how people who are devoted to Jesus often look like Jesus freaks, right? Why is she doing that? What is is she doing? And then Jesus addresses the disciples, and this is what he has to say. 
Why do you trouble the woman? For she has done a beautiful thing to me. For you always have the poor with you, but you will not always have me. In pouring this anointment on my body, she has done it in, to prepare me for burial. Truly I say to you, now listen to this. As we think about that question that I've asked, is your life marked? Is your life characterized by distraction or is it characterized by devotion? Look at Mary's life. Look at what Jesus says about Mary. Truly I say to you, wherever this gospel is proclaimed in the whole world, what she has done will also be told in memory of her. Jesus says, as long as there are people on the earth that hear the gospel story of Jesus, not only will they hear the story of me, but they will hear the story of her devotion for me. 2,000 years plus, we are still talking about the devotion that Mary had for Jesus. So I ask you one more time. How will your life be characterized? Will you allow the ways of this world to distract you from that which is most important? Or will you embrace the invitation that Jesus gives when He says, Come to Me, all who are burdened, all who feel heavy with life, and find rest at the foot of the cross. This morning, I can only imagine what you're going through. I can't even pretend to know what everybody here this morning is dealing with. But I can only imagine that most of us in this room are dealing with circumstances in our life that are heavy. We're dealing with things in our life that cause us to think, I don't know if I can keep doing this. We have loved ones who are suffering. We have uncertainties in life. Our future is uncertain. We, we want to give up because we don't know what lies ahead. And Jesus says to us this morning, come to me if that is you. Jesus says to us this morning, if you feel heavy, come to me and I will give you rest. In just a moment, our band's going to come out and they're going to play this last song. And I want to invite you to go to the feet of Jesus. This altar is open. It is available for you to come and spend time with Jesus and just thank Him for all that He has done for you. Maybe you're here today and this is all new to you and you have more questions than you have answers. Our pastors will be down front. They can help you find the answers of truth that will radically change your life forever. I'll be down front if you need to talk to me. But let us this morning, as we think of the weight of the world, remember the promise that Jesus has given us and remember that He is always faithful. And He says, if you feel heavy, if you are burdened in any way, He says, come to me and I will give you Rest. Let us believe that promise. Let us believe that Jesus is here for us. And let us respond in whatever way he is leading. I'm going to pray. Then you respond. Father, we thank you for this day. 
Father, we thank you for your presence in our life. And God, we acknowledge that so often in our life, Lord, we, we need reminding of the promises that you have given us. God, we need reminding of the, of the promise that you made to us when, when Jesus ascended into heaven for every believer that I will send you a helper. Father, we forget the promises that, that in Christ Jesus, He is the Prince of Peace. He is a mighty God. He is a wonderful Counselor. He is our eternal Father. Lord, we, we forget these things as we become distracted with the world and we get, become distracted with all the busyness of this life and we find ourselves overwhelmed and we find ourselves wanting to cry. God, thank you for the reminder that you have given us of the invitation that Jesus has given to us to come to him and he will lift that burden from us. And that in him we would find rest. and We would find peace. Thank you, Father, for reminding us that sitting at the feet of Jesus will contribute to the peace that we need in our life every day. We love you. We praise you. We worship you. In Jesus' name, amen.